Welcome to Disruption Blueprint with Shannon Spotswood from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we help advisors grow their net worth, build their businesses, and maximize their independence. We've built an award-winning platform with innovative technology, comprehensive service, and a team of individuals who are experts in their field to serve advisors. Join us for this journey where we explore everything that has to do with running an independent advisor practice as we bring together successful advisors, industry experts, and innovative minds who are on the bleeding edge to challenge the status quo, foster new ideas, and create a path for advisors to unleash their growth potential. Now, on to the show. Welcome to another episode of Disruption Blueprint. This one is going to be amazing. We are in studio today live with Martha Underwood. Martha, welcome to Disruption Blueprint. I'm so happy to be here, Shannon, my friend. I'm like, I've been waiting to get into this room. I know, I know. Like, we've been waiting for this conversation for how long, so I'm so excited to be here. It, it is a real honor. And, you know, you and I met, I've said this to you before, I really believe that I called you into my life. I was looking for a, a powerful female friend, and you and I met actually judging the Alabama Launchpad Contest for the yeah. Economic Development Agency of Alabama right before the world shut down. Right before the world shut down. And, no, I mean, I think we called each other. Because, Shannon, I'm like, being in the room with you is just like, I found my kindred spirit here. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like we're this one and the same. So it was phenomenal having that experience with you, doing Launchpad, and wow, so much has changed since then. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. And it's funny. We'll take a quick little sidebar on this. Yeah. What was so amazing, you know, that was a cohort of just powerhouse entrepreneurial startups here in Birmingham. Yep. And the two companies that won, I feel there was such a moonshot prescience about it. Tell us about the two companies that won. So I believe the first company that won, well, one that comes up what was, was Acclinate. Acclinate Genet yeah. Genetics. And, and so how timely was that? Uh-huh. You know, Acclinate was trying to get more diversity in clinical trials. Right. And the fact that they hit right before COVID was unbelievable. Was unbelievable, right? <laughs> it was just like someone said, the universe served it right up for them. So that was yep. that was amazing. The and then other, Surflux. Surflux uh-huh. with how to test, you know, how to biopsy for cancer outside of the body. Like, again, the timing couldn't have been more perfect going into it. Now, we know that COVID was not good for everyone, right. but sometimes... The universe or timing just works out for companies and what a way for it to work out for those two. I've thought so much on that because it really was, and I know that the the launch pad really looks at that cohort as one of the strongest that has yeah. ever come through. And several of those companies that weren't the winners have subsequently gone on to yeah. be winners in, in, in later cycles. But it, I just have always thought like that was just fascinating it that really we was. landed on, really you know, was. clinical trial testing, which would be so relevant for vaccine scenes and cancer biopsy. Really, yep. really awesome stuff. Yep. All right. You, um, I'll never forget the day you walked into the room on that, uh, <laughs> on that cohort. And it was just like energy has arrived. So <laughs> you are, you're a serial entrepreneur. You've had this amazing career that really has, you know, it kind of embodied strategic thinking, but you've, you really started your career. We're going to start with your corporate chapter and then we're going to move to your entrepreneurial sure. chapter. You were oftentimes the only woman in the room. 
You are a leader in technology, you know, in your past life, in the retail banking world. Talk to us about your professional career leading up to uh, your new venture. Sure. So I never thought I'd be here, but you know, sometimes life puts you on that path that you're like, well, I guess this is what I'm good at. So, I mean, I started my career at IBM straight out of college, right? And as an EDI analyst, just kind of matriculated through different roles in technology, which led me to land in Birmingham, where I worked with a health informatics company. I worked with a data analytics company. I worked with a sales company, you know, but all in the realm of technology, right? Because that's just my first love, because I went to a computer magnet high school, and I was able to just carry that through. Well, my time at the bank was interesting because I was actually recruited to come in to work on transformation Um, and ended up working in banking. And one, the experience was it was surreal because working in startups, you get to work on like cutting edge technology. But then going into the bank, you're like, I got all of this (laughs) legacy type stuff, (laughs) right? right? All these old mainframes. And it brought me right back into the mindset of IBM because straight out of college, I'm going to date myself here in 97. (laughs) We were working on mainframes and cobalt stuff and to see that that was still working. But to then use my creativity, right, right, to say, how can we bring some of this technology into um, the 21st century? Like, what will resonate with our users and becoming more digital? And then, again, COVID hitting, it couldn't have been more timely. Some of the things that we were doing, just cutting edge to bring DIY to some of our customers to be able to apply online and do those things. And so seeing that and being on the creative side of technology, of how do we make it easier for our customers, really led me to say, well, how can I do this, you know, in my life? Because I love just ideating, creating, you know, we we sit on boards, we did Launchpad. And the catalyst to me building Prism, which is the digital vault built for end of life, was I was solving a problem for myself. Yep. Like my mom and dad are 81 and 82 and they live in Miami, Florida and I live in Birmingham and I'm not moving back to Miami, even Uh though I love Miami. Anytime they had any issues, it was like, Martha, can you help us with this? Like what's in this bank account? Can you decipher what's going on here? Like, is this a fraudulent piece of mail that's asking me for money or is this legit? And I had no way of really being able to authenticate that for them or be able to say, yes, mom and dad, yes, or fly down there and have that meeting with their doctor, right? All those different things. And so I kind of Jimmy rigged a platform for myself and said, okay, you can send me this securely, not through email, that'll get lost, and all of the other emails that I get, and I can go in here and make sure that I'm handling your affairs for you or helping. Like It's becoming the parent of the parent. Right. And, you know, we're going to talk about Prism. So fired up for you. I, I'll never forget the you know, the lunch we had as you were really brainstorming this idea. But before we do, if I was, um, and I did a little bit of this, if I ask people about you, mm-hmm. they say one of your greatest strengths is really building teams. What is, you know, when you were in this kind of the behemoth of the retail banking world, how do you go about like building teams that are then able to think creatively about solving problems with tech? It's about being transparent with what my limitations might be. And it's also about trusting people. Yeah. I'm like, people are brilliant. <laughs> they are geniuses. And especially what I would call subject matter experts in their fields. Yeah. Right. So me coming in as a transformation, you know, leader, leader in, in this role, 
I'm looking at them and I'm like, man, y'all know so much more than I do. So it's really about giving people the space and the permission, like to be who they are and to really share their brilliance. And I feel like that's the key because I'm not, I, I might be able to see five different ways that this could get done, but they have a way that might be unique that I might not see. So I just go in and I ask questions and I allow them to tell me. And yeah. it's almost like you just have to be a guide instead of being the person to tell them what to do. Right. And and that was the key. And then being authentic and transparent about what I wanted to do. I also am a big proponent of telling people why they yeah. need to do something. Yeah. Instead of going in, in there and saying, we need to build this or we need to do this just because, just because right. I said so. <laughs> right. right. It's like, no. And if you tell them the why, like we want to make it easier for people to contact us. So what are your thoughts about transforming this paper form into an online form? Does it make sense? How do you see us transforming this, this process that people fill out 10 pages down to two yeah. Like, what does that look like? And taking the fear away of thinking that there's a wrong answer. Right. There are no wrong answers. We're all learning and we're yeah. all experimenting in this life. And if you give them that space to feel safe about that experimentation, that's where magic happens. So I'm always like any team that I'm going to build and I'm working with, I'm like, the first thing is, I'm going to admit is, I don't know it all. Right. I'm like, but what I'm really good at is listening and taking your ideas and marrying it to other people's ideas so that we can get to a positive outcome of whatever we're doing. It's so funny when you say it, it's like, it's so obvious, but yet it is a rarity. Because our egos get in the way. Yeah. Right. I'm not immune. I come in, I'm like, I've worked at all of these different places and I've done this and I'm going to tell you what to do. Right. right. But you have to, you have to put yourself on the back burner because yeah. people want to do good work. Right. They do. They want to do They don't do wake good up work. in the morning and be like, you know what, today I really want to suck. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> they want to do good work. And so as leaders, it's our responsibility yeah. to pave the way. And move, remove all the barriers right. and all the be politics. Be the advocate. Be the be cheerleader. The yep. You know, block and tackle for right. them so that they can do the good work. And that really is my secret sauce. Yeah. It's not a secret sauce, but I just block and tackle. And someone said to me when I worked for a Silicon Valley company, they're like, Martha, every day you come in, I feel like you put in a suit of armor and you take bullets for everyone. It's true. And it's true. Yeah. And, and they're like, we're so appreciative of that because we never sit back and think, how does that impact you? Because you still come right. in the next day smiling and you're like, right. I can do this. I can do that. But because I'm like, I'm helping you. Right. My mom always said, be of service. Right. And I look at it as I'm being of service. And if I have the strength to carry it, because right. not everybody does. Right. I'm like, I can help you carry it. I think you and I are both linked in that, you know, mindset of service and like, it's energizing. It is. I want to be the one to take the bullet. I want to be the one who's advocating. And so that's so cool. All right. You ran through it really quick. So I want to roll back a little bit because Prism is your new company that you founded. And I love how you describe it. So again, tell us one more time. What is Prism? Sure. It is a digital vault. I say it's a digital vault built for end of life to make the business of death easier because a lot of us don't understand the impact of grief. Right. And so if we look at it today, um, most people, if something happens to a loved one, 
they have to sift through all of these documents, whether it's online or they got to go visit their home and dig through closet and dig through file papers to figure out where did they bank? Where's their insurance policy? Where's the will? Where's the will? Like, did they, like all of these different things. And it's cumbersome and it's burdensome and it's taxing. Yeah. And all the while you want to grieve too. And it's like you have to compartmentalize that grief to handle the business. Right. And so what I'm after, and again, selfishly, because I've always said something happened to my mom and dad because they're so near and dear to my heart. I'm going to need at least three months. Right. Before I can function on anything. But when I do come to, I want to be able to say, I'm going to go to one place. I know what to do. I know what to handle. I know who gets what. I know who I need to call. I know where the tax documents are, all of those things. And so I know if I need it, you know, I know several other people need it. And I think that information is everywhere these days. (laughs) But nowhere. But nowhere. (sighs) But nowhere. Yeah. Right. And I'm really on a mission to help people focus on the human part of it. Like I need to grieve. I need to celebrate life and not be bogged down by all the administrative tasks that need to happen around end of life and life transition. And so I'm preparing myself just, Mm -hmm. you know, like everyone else, because it's a part of life. And so that's why PRISM is pretty near and dear to my heart because you know me, I got all kinds of ideas. Right. You got your books full. (laughs) uh, You're like, why PRISM? Yeah. And and I'm like, because it solves a problem for people. Yeah. And we don't talk about it enough. I mean, we, we kind of just sleep it on the rug right. like this is something we need to do. And the one thing that really hit home is, you know, being at the bank and being acquired is how much money. Yeah. Goes Go to into this. This, this is Go into like this. when you shared these numbers with me, my mind was blown. It's yeah. like no one knows this stuff. Yeah. So go into the data. So. Like right now we have about 74 million boomers, right? And of those, maybe 60% of them are prepared for end of life, right? I mean, that number to me would be shockingly high. It's about 60, and and they're not fully ready. Okay. Then you have about $70 billion in assets that goes to the state because it's unclaimed from banks. Like right now in Alabama, the last I checked in 2020, I think that the numbers came out, there's almost a billion dollars in unclaimed assets, right? And there's this thing that people don't know about called achievement. All my banking people know uh. that if you don't claim the dollars, they sit in the bank for a certain time and then it goes to the state. Like I know people work so hard for their dollars. Right. Right. You want it to go to your heirs, even if it's a hundred dollars. Right. You don't know what that can do for someone. Right. right. And it's amazing how long the process is to just try to get to those dollars. And I'm just trying to make it easy because people don't know where it is. Right. You have no idea. Have no I idea. guarantee you my mom has bank accounts I don't know about. Yeah. That Absolutely. she opened in her 20s or whatever that are just oh, sitting we, there. We I found, probably do. Yeah, I, I know I do. Like, yeah. like an old Barnett bank that just kind of right. went over. Like, And I'm really dating myself with Barnett. Yeah. Bank, right? But yeah, and so many of us have that or that old 401k from yeah. that old company. Or that old pension plan, yeah, you know, that I worked for this company for two years that I just don't know about, that I want to pass on to my heirs. Like, where is all that? Because that was the spark for you, yeah. was looking at that data of unclaimed dollars. Yes. And immediately it was like, okay, there's got to be an easier way yep. for those dollars to be at least identified Correct. by the heirs. So talk to us about the technicalities of PRISM. Like, how do you set it up? Sure. What do you put in it? Yep. And who 
owns the, you know, I think of Prism, like I love your, it's a lockbox. Yeah. Like I'm at the bank standing in front of that wall of all those safety deposit boxes. Yep. This is my Prism sa That's digital it. safety deposit box. So yep. what's going in there? So what's going in there is all everything that you deem important. And that's different to different people. And so we made PRISM as simple as possible because we know there's going to be Gen Xers using it. And we know it's boomers that's going to be using right. it. D the digital natives, you know, the millennials and the Gen Zers, they know how to just one, two, three. So we made it a three-step process to where you sign up, then you connect your people, you connect your accounts, you upload your documents. You want to have your essential documents in there, like your will like your marriage license, like your deed, like your health birth certificate. birth certificate, right? Those are the things in your life insurance policy. Those are the things that you need to definitely have in there so that when something does happen to you, the person that you invited to your account, that's your trusted person, they trigger it and then they'll see all of that information. Okay, so go through, because that's part of this that is so genius, especially recognizing the psyche of the boomers, is that when you set up your trusted network of people, go through that, like sure. that really nuanced, important point of this. So they value privacy, right? And because they value privacy, but then they also want people to know where this information is, what we built into PRISM is the ability to say, I want you to see this now, or I want you to see this when I transitioned, right? right? And that's the beauty of PRISM. Because I can say, Shannon, I'm going to invite you to your, my account. I don't want you to see anything until after I transition, right? Right? Because I don't want you asking me to borrow, you know, my grandson or granddaughter or, or daughter, like, can I borrow $10,000 right. for some harebrained idea? Right. But I do want you to be able to have that peace of mind when I do transition to have access to all of that information. So we put the ability mm. to share documents, what you want to share and when you want to share it with your trusted network. And so the other thing that they're apprehensive about is like, I'm going to put all of my stuff online. Yeah, let, yeah let's talk about security because yeah. you, this is something you're obsessed about yes. having lived in the, yes. you know, the retail banking world. Sure. So we encrypt and rest and we encrypt in transit, right? Meaning that prison doesn't see anything. And we try to, to use best in class security protocols, being at the bank, understanding mm -hmm. what that is to make people feel secure. Because at the end of the day, Really, if we want your data, if anyone wants your data today, if you have a Facebook account, a right. TikTok account, is we can get your data. Anyone can get your data. What PRISM is trying to facilitate is making sure you give the consent to your loved ones now so that they can handle it because you can't do anything without the consent. Right, right. And people don't really appreciate that. No. They, they conflate being a beneficiary on a specific account or I'm named as the executor of the will as being like, I now have access to all this. And it's not true. You don't. You don't. You do not have access to any of it unless that subscriber, that parent explicitly says, I'm going to have them as a joint user on the account, yeah. which again, translates to consent. Yeah. And that's what PRISM really ultimately does. I always say, it's not your data or anything that we're after. Truly, we're after your consent to make sure you can give it to your loved ones before you can't give it anymore. Right. Right. So if I was sitting here and I had, you know, are they, especially for the boomers, are they looking at paper files and digitizing that and then like using their phone to yep. scan it into Prism? Yep. I'm I downloading a Prism app and I'm yep. putting it in there. And so they, right now they have the applications, the application online. So desktop yep. application where they can upload, drag and drop 
any documents they have. We're excited. We're working on the app so that you can just take a picture with your phone and upload it. I mean, I, I had a mom using it and she was just like, I love this because... I can. You, it's a progressive site, so you can access it online. And she's like, you know, someone asked me for my at the school. They asked me for my blue form, right? And I put my blue form in there. Other because I was like, yes, I got it. Here it is. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm looking all over, and I'm right. like, as a mom, I can relate to that. Not only are you looking all over, you're making the trip down to the pediatrician. Yeah, yeah. So mad at yourself. Yes. You're like, where's the where blue form? Where's the blue form? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so all those use cases. And so we want to make it easier for you to be able to just access those documents from anywhere. Yeah. Well, and even, you know, your mind starts spinning, like heaven forbid you're in a situation where you have a serious health problem. Like this is a way for you to build a file of all your doctor's visits and all your medications. And like, there's so many during life use cases for PRISM in addition to end of life use cases. Absolutely. So one of the other interesting interesting use cases that we've seen is like, I'm an immigrant, my parents are immigrants. And so talking to their friends, they were like, all of our like birth certificates from Haiti or from Europe or wherever we're from is under a mattress somewhere or in a folder somewhere. Right. And we still have family overseas. So if I needed to share information with them, I can easily do that. So we're starting to see different types of documents and different use cases for it, which has been fascinating. And I'm like, I'm loving it because it's the user's drive you know, the platform. And I'm like, I'm happy to see the value that they're getting out of it. That's awesome. Okay. So where are you in the entrepreneurial journey in terms of the startup phase, raising capital and really bringing this, like it is what I love. It's absolutely the most obvious thing we all need that hasn't been done yet. Yes. So where are you in that process? So right now we're beyond an MVP. We have users on the platform. We're happy to be partnering with people like you and RFG. We're so excited to get people on the platform. So we are focused on finalizing some of our integrations, one with with Orion. We're looking at e-money. So we're looking at integrating them. And so we are now looking at seed investment for Prism so that we can grow it and we can market it. And... I don't know. Should I tell them about who we have coming on? Maybe I'll tease it. I mean, it it. was, yeah. I'll tease it. But we do have a big announcement that's coming in January where we have um, some celebrities that we've captured the attention of that's committed to helping PRISM get to that next level because they see the vision and they've experienced it themselves, right? And so they see the value of it. So we're so excited about that. So. You know, as they say, you've got the statement everyone can repeat. Yeah. You know, the only certainty is life and death and taxes. Death and taxes. <laughs> and that's why we're like death. And then we're integrating. So and you say taxes. We're actually looking to integrate into the tax records, right, to be able to pull yeah. real assets in. Like, what properties do you own? Like, right. Grandma owned that farm, you know, yeah. down in Walker County. Like, all those different things that we just don't think about. Right. That really can help the family that should be passed along and kept within the family. Well, and what, um, you know, the very first meeting when you shared this idea, I remember you had two ideas. You had a soup company and yep. you had yep. um, you had Prism in mind and we sat there. And of course, selfishly for me, you know, where my head is, we're building a platform for independent financial advisors. We're really tech forward like this 
feels like an absolute no-brainer for financial advisors to bring to the table as part of the conversation with their clients, with next gen. Yep. So I know you, you've already like thought through like multiple, like you're looking way over the hill. Yep. So as you think about raising seed capital, what is it going to take for this to become like ubiquitous and financial advisors really like, and the way I see it is you're pricing the model. It's sub a hundred dollars. Yeah. So we obviously have a limit that, that the regulators give us that we can spend on a client. Yeah. That's a hundred dollars. Yeah. So this feels like an unbelievable, like first year gift. And yeah. then there's a subscription model, obviously after that. But what does that look like? Like how much capital do you think you need to raise to get critical mass? How do you envision that partnership like growing uh, with financial advisors? And so the unique thing that we've talked about is how do you get to that next generation? Right. I know when I was 25... I was invincible. I'm going to live forever. I'm not thinking for it. I, I can wait till my 30s or till I'm married to do that. But this brings them into the conversation now with grandma or with mom with financial planning. So you can actually bring them into that conversation to say, hey, this is what's going to be passed on to you. And this is how you can invest it to make sure that you are financially stable no matter what comes, you know, in the next five to 10 years. And then financial advisors, you guys are trying to help us keep money. Right. Right and think through ways of growing that money, right? But what PRISM does is look at the whole customer and then the next generation. So you're thinking of the now, but this also says, well, have you thought about your life transition? Like where are your other accounts? Because we have your investment accounts and that's where that asset aggregator for us to be able to pull in all of those financial accounts that you have, whether it's with the Wells Fargo or, or, uh, regions or whoever, like mm-hmm. people, the average amount of accounts that people have are four. And if you right. do that, like people, average amount of banking accounts, that, but financial advisors aren't necessarily looking at that. I know some of mine weren't. They're just like, okay, you have this investment account right. and that's it. So it really is able to provide you with that 360 view and then also start to bring in that pipeline of younger yeah. customers and thinking about it because they're not thinking about it right now. To me, it's such an obvious way to do a marketing campaign around yeah. for the advisor, you know, to talk about like one, let's create a little card, like who am I? Yeah. Something happens to your parents. I'm their advisor. This is how you get a hold of Correct. me. But we're also gifting you this organizational tool, Prism, your digitals, yep. you know, safety deposit box. If I was 25 years old and my mom's financial advisor came to me and was like, I'm not even thinking about death, but I know my mom is taken care of in this way. And if something happens, like, here's my advisor and here's it. Yeah. The, when I get money, the first thing I'm going to think is like, what was that? What was that person's name? What was I, that person's name? I need to go over there. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. And so it's it's making sure that you can reach that next generation and continue to build that pipeline of customers as you start to grow your book of business. It's like, how do I get to yeah. to the younger crowd? I love it. All right. I want want to switch gears a little bit while we have you in the studio and just pick your brain about some things. One, we, we started this, you are a serial entrepreneur, you're an ideator. Walk us through this process. I know you have notebooks full of ideas. You wrote children's books during the pandemic. You've had baby, um, like baby companies, she capital mentoring <laughs> companies. I mean, you've really done, you've yeah. packed a lifetime full of really interesting opportunities. I really have to, to thank my mom and dad for that because they always said, if you see a need, like how can you fill it? Mm-hmm. Right. Like how can you fill a need? And so with Prism, with Executive Estrogen, the mentoring company, I saw a need where 
there aren't that many women in tech, right? you know, at the levels that I've been blessed to reach. But when we were recruiting and having young women come in, they're like, I can't deal with this. I'm like, I'm done. Like, this right. isn't it. But I'm like, if I can make it and if I can give you a preview of what's coming down the road, yeah, it's going to be bumps, but how can you hurdle that based off of my experience yeah. and be your guide? Then that's how I help. It's all about being of service because when you think about an entrepreneur, entrepreneurs are just solving problems. Right. We see a problem and we're like, okay, <laughs> how can I solve uh, that? I, w- I would insert the word obsessively. Obsessively. <laughs> yes. Like my husband is like, are you, are you kidding me? It's three o'clock. And I'm like, I don't know. This idea just came to my head. I just got to write it down. Like, <laughs> maybe five years I'll do this, but I just got to write it down because it's brilliant. Right. And so it's always thinking about how can you help make life better? How can you yeah. help make life easier? How can you help make it more convenient for the next person? And I always saw my dad do that. Yeah. And so I think that I just kind of got that from him. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just blessed that I'm finally embracing it. Right. Because people are like, Martha always has a hairbrain idea. Like in college, everything. You're like, you're, right. always, you're always thinking of something. And you just don't know the value of that talent until you get older. And, and I'm finally starting to embrace it. And not only embrace it, but actually act on it and yeah. execute on it. Okay. I want to talk about that, which I call it the power of the pivot. Yeah. Because you, you know, were really at the top of your game, um, the offers were kind of flooding in. You could have easily, you know, seen yourself in the C-suite of fill-in-the-blank number of tech companies or commercial banks, retail banks. The world was really your oyster in terms of the corporate opportunities at your feet. And you chose a hard pivot to start your own. Yeah. I'm still terrified. I was terrified. (laughs) Right. So one thing, again, if you ask Kent, my husband, he'd be like, she's always planning. She needs that certainty. And, you know, with this, it's uncertain. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I am still young. Yeah, I can still jump back into the corporate world if I wanted to. There's no failure. There's only learning. Yeah. But it's what if it does? Right. What if it does hit like I know it can in my heart of hearts? And um, I've had so many ideas. I've sold so many ideas. I've consulted with so many people over the years that I said, it's time for me to just jump in and do it because this is near and dear to my heart. And because I'm so passionate about it, I was like, I have to do this one. Right. Like, it has to be me. And no matter how terrified I am, you know, no matter how uncertain I might be, I just have to have faith in myself and my brilliance Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I'm going to make it happen. And I was talking to a mentee about two days ago, and I don't know what we were talking about. And I said, you know, one thing about me is I'm going to the moon. If you want to come right. with me, right. you can come. Get on the Get rocket, on a rocket ship. ship. Get on a rocket <laughs> ship. And that, that's, that's just been where I am right now in this yeah. life phase. Like, Let's get it done. Let's do it. We talk all the time about everything you want in life is on the other side of fear. That's it. Why do you think so many people just stay paralyzed? Because it's hard. It's not easy. I mean, every day I question myself, like, I left this big salary. (laughs) Is it going to work out? The economy, you know what they're saying on the news. And people like certainty. Yeah. They want comfort. They want comfort. And the fear is it comes from not having the certainty. Thank you for listening to the Disruption Blueprint podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. 
visit our website at www.rfgadvisory.com or schedule a call on our advisor resources page. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific training strategy. Information here may be provided in part by third-party sources. These sources are generally deemed to be reliable. However, neither our guests nor RFG advisory guarantee the accuracy of third-party sources. The views expressed here are those of our guest. They do not necessarily represent those of RFG advisory, its employees, or its clients. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RFG advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place. RFG Advisory is an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of RFG by the Commission, nor does it indicate that RFG or any associated investment advisory representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability.